0: Success leaves clues, and in the Humans of Imperial podcast we search for those clues in the stories of our alumni around the world. I'm Chris Roberts, and this week I speak with Batiste Fernandez. Batiste has worked around the world for giants like Bain, TikTok and Uber, and he's been able to forge his own path in tech, relationship building and content creation. It's the first time I've spoken with someone who qualifies as an influencer. And whether it's working for a tech giant, the challenges of setting up in a new country, or the value of building an audience, this episode is not to be missed. Here's a glimpse of what you can expect.
1: Uh, but when you're in university, you, you, you can build a startup. You, in fact, you should, even if it's gonna fail, you should start creating content. You should just put yourself out there I, 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 obviously it's difficult not to compare. You shouldn't compare yourself to anybody else apart from who you were in the past. You're the average of the five people you're around, right? So yeah. if the five people you're around are like doing interesting stuff, you likely will be doing interesting stuff. Um, but anyway, so when you are university or if you knew people before then, uh, wherever you live, um, you take for granted, like those great relationships. And then when you move away, you will meet friends, but it's really gonna take long to get it like to a a deeper level. It's slower than you might expect because I think this is like the flip side of being in like a, a company that's now renowned to the world. It's like, it's now renowned to the world because it's no longer going from like, a little dragon to like a teenage dragon like now now that thing is like a gigantic dragon the first one that came to my head is uh i mean maybe i'm gonna (laughs) maybe imperial is not gonna be extremely happy i'm single but
0: this is my conversation with batiste fernandez Baptiste, thank you for joining me on the podcast. It's great to have you here. Why don't we start with an introduction from yourself? and Maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself as well.
1: Thank you so much. Um, so hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Baptiste, uh, or you can call me Bap. Um, so I'm French. I studied at Imperial in 2018 to 2019. I did a master's in economics and strategy for business. I had my first experience with Uber in their strategy department, I went on to work at Glovo in Spain in data and operations. And my last experience um, on the professional side was with TikTok, where I worked in analytics. And most recently, I've been sharing my journey online, uh, including TikTok. This has worked quite well. And so I guess to an extent, I have been a bit of a content uh, creator. (laughs)
0: You've got a really interesting background. I'm looking forward to this one. I've been looking forward to talking to you about this as well. There's going yeah. to be too much to get into, but we'll try our best. Uh, can we start before you came to Imperial and kind of talk us through what you were doing? Am I right in thinking that you co-founded a business of your own? Yes,
1: uh, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. The reason why I, I laugh is it's always like a bit funny when you hear like a 18 something or 19 something trying to found your business um, but i would highly recommend anybody listening to do this um, in complete transparency the business ended up failing we did raise like some money so um the idea was we wanted to uh, tackle the high transport costs uh, in london that we all absolutely hate in fact i sometimes see like these advertisement like Uh, you know, 10 pounds for traveling all around London for one day, as if it's a good thing. I think it's so expensive. So anyway, that was the idea. We wanted to tackle the high prices. um, And we thought like, why don't we buy a bunch of bikes and we share within the university uh, students at least. And so that was a sort of the idea. Uh, we managed to raise some pre-seed money, so fifty thousand pounds to buy, uh, like uh, around like fifty bikes, and uh, so we went on to, towards that. But unfortunately, uh, the business uh, got, I would say, absolutely crushed uh, because it was the time when uh, there was the rise of the bicycle sharing systems. So, especially from China, like Ofo, Mobike, and you know, we had raised fifty thousand. I think they had raised billion for the international expansion so it was like the mouse going against the mammoth so yeah we <laughs> we stopped but but great experience and also it really helps like building up your cv and going mm. into other things
0: it's crazy experience it like you say 18 19 years old and you raised 50k in sort of funding that's that's amazing experience
1: yes so like we we, we caught a lucky break because like Essentially, the investor the and I think this is like maybe like a good advice for anybody around. like sometimes it sounds scary to raise money, and it definitely is in most of the circumstances. It's extremely difficult. Um, but like in our case, we were just like within a circle of people that had money. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's not lie. they had money, and we pitched the idea to everybody that had money around us. And just one person, like, you know, like the spaghetti thing, and you throw it on a, on a fridge or whatever, like one stock. And, and that was it.
0: Yeah, That's really interesting. I mean, there is, obviously you said Ken, you were in that circle already, but there is a lot to be said about using the network that you have and using the people that you have around you and connecting with that. I mean, I think it's easy for people not to realize what they have around them.
1: Yes, exactly. That's such a good point. Like, you often take for granted what you have. Um... Especially, so I'm assuming the most, the people that will listen to this are majority, like, students are from London or um, or maybe from the UK uh, or even in, the Euro- in Europe. Like, I feel like you already have such a strong foundation uh, in terms of who you can meet, um, where you are. I think there was this expression. Well, I, I forgot what it was about. Maybe you, you know this, but, like, I think there was a statistician that made, like, like... Uh, uh, this model, and he made this big uh, discovery. I mean, big, but like you were related to anybody in the world, like through seven connection or something like this. Mm. So, like essentially, if you picked anyone, they could be at some point be able to connect to be connected to I don't know Barack Obama, mm. because like, it, but it would need to be like seven layers of connection. Yeah, and um and yeah, if you live in Europe, you're already like in a pretty good starting ground. Um, obviously assuming. Obviously, everybody has difficulties. All this stuff, but like, yeah, don't take for granted what you already have. And that's, I think, that's a good uh, message.
0: Also, absolutely classic entrepreneur behavior. If you don't want me saying, yeah, yeah, there are there models about entrepreneurship that that say things about using your network and taking advantage of situations and making the best. I think it's it's absolutely textbook. It kind of fits your profile, if that makes sense.
1: I maybe sometimes I do wonder though. Like I feel like. I, 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 obviously it's difficult not to compare. You shouldn't compare yourself to anybody else apart from who you were in the past. But sometimes, you know, uh, in a weak spot, you tend to f- compare to other people. Mm. And, um, and, and I do feel like maybe some people are extremely good at this and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. I, I think some people, I mean, I guess it's all a, bit, a big debate, but sometimes like being extremely pushy, uh, mm-hmm. Feels like a. It feels like it can be extremely like beneficial, especially at the start of a business. Me, I, I just don't like putting people on the spot, and I mm-hmm. think maybe it's a quality for entrepreneurs at the start to put people on the spot. And you know, mm-hmm. if they say no twice, maybe you should go a third time and say. Fair
0: enough. Um, now let's talk about your time in Imperial. So you obviously started that business, and it went the way that it went. What was your motivation for? I mean, first of all, why Imperial? That's I think a relevant question. But what was your yeah. motivation for doing that at that point in time?
1: Sure. Um, so, why Imperial, uh, and what's my motivation? Um, so, right before Imperial, I had done um, this this uh, this experience of so. So, I graduated my bachelor's from SOAS, which is also a university in London, and I was specializing in Chinese, um, Chinese and management. The reason just for that, for context, is um, most of my life, I lived in China. Um, my parents had a job like back in the 90s, and they were like, why not go to China? You know, no, nobody wanted to go back there. I mean, then, um, just because it wasn't the the, the the economical power giant it was. But for some reason, they decided to go there, and they had a, I had a brilliant time. Anyway, so went to the to the UK in SAS because it's a it's a school of Oriental and African studies. Mm-hmm. And it is an absolutely brilliant school, and I would recommend it to anyone. Um, but on my way out, I found that um the opportunities that I was looking for were not necessarily there. Um thank, and, and this is I guess going back to the first point of like creating a startup is always something I would advocate at university because I was able to really leverage like that experience as a way mm-hmm. to break through to Imperial. So in short, why did I go to Imperial? Is because like I, w- I did get opportunities after my first bas- the, my bachelor, um, but I don't think I was ex- content with it. Um, and also I think I had still like a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And so then why exactly like that? The specific masters like economics. I just remember like speaking with um, my co-founder, who also like uh, was at soas and we were thinking like okay um we clearly lack a lot of business skills we we need to learn so much more um and who are like in the world the people that are extremely good at business um you have your entrepreneurs you have your investors so like vcs private equity whatever and you have like uh, consultants strategy consultants um, auditors whatever and so i thought well uh consulting could be a great way to get um, really high quality training and therefore I need to do like a master's probably in economics or whatever. And I thought economics and strategy for business was just like the perfect uh, title already. So great marketing choice from uh, Imperial. But overall, like it, it was just like, uh, I think the, the right step for me to go to. And then the moment I got the offer from uh, Imperial, uh, I just immediately said, yes, I, I did. I received an offer as well from uh, UCL, but I thought Imperial
0: was better. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. So how did you find the experience? Obviously, master's programs are a year long. How did you find the year? Uh, What were the sort of, I guess, highlights of of your time at Imperial?
1: Um, Yeah, I think I I would say there's three things uh, Mm -hmm. that I would highlight. Um, The first one is I saw the difference in the career support Um, when I compared it with like previous things I've I've seen, the career department at Imperial is absolutely insane uh, in a good way.
0: (laughs) I'll take that as well, thank you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, just like the between uh, reviewing your CVs and cover letters from the get-go, being able to go like three, four, five times uh, within like two months or practicing case studies with like... Mm -hmm professional career consultants towards like negotiating uh having like different types of lectures that are outside of your normal lectures I, I just thought like wow like this is this is almost like a consulting service but for like just getting a job and it's just part of your university thing and you can just you know book all of these so that's number one like uh, outstanding career support um the second thing was obviously like the quality of the 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 lectures i thought we had like stellar uh professors super uh, how can i say this super approachable you know like sometimes when i think because imperialism the league with stanford and all of this stuff you, you tend to see like these professors that are not really like uh, i don't know i would say like out of reach mm-hmm. not the case at imperial like you you spoke with professors all the time you can send them emails you can so I thought that was like super good. And I think the third one, which looking back now, it makes so much sense, but when you're a student, you don't understand it. It's the quality of the network you have because now that I have like a couple of years after the masters, I can see clearly, everybody did so good. And there, obviously everybody was scared. At, like through your masters, you thought you were never gonna get a job, whatever. But like, you, 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 like if you're listening to this in your imperial right now, like some of your friends might become I don't know future ambassadors, future CEOs, investors. They're gonna work for big, um, you know, like NGOs, all this stuff. So like, um, whether you want it or not, that's a different thing. But invest time in nurturing those 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 uh, relationship because because they they really really help you out in uh, in the long run. Um And so, yeah, I think those are where the three reasons why uh, I think mm-hmm. Imperial was just like um uh, like it confirmed my choice.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, networking is something I'll talk about. We've already spoken about it once in this conversation mm-hmm. in the last ten minutes, but you're totally right. I think it's really important for wow. students in particular when you're on a master's program or an MBA as well. You're there for one year, and yeah, that year you're in a sort of really close environment with so many interesting people who are going to go on and do lots of really interesting things. It's such a good time to build a network and take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's true. I didn't realize it, but yeah, so it seems like network is a big... uh, I mean, yeah, like network is a big... You're the average of the five people year round, right? So Mm -hmm. if the five people year round are like doing interesting stuff, you likely will be doing interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you know, this podcast sort of, I'm, I'm speaking to... Imperial alumni and, you know, people are all over the world doing all sorts of interesting Yeah, I can
2: things. imagine.
0: That's exactly, that's exactly the kind of opportunity you have when you're there for the one year to connect with people in your Whether it's in, on the same program as you, whether you're in a, one of the careers clubs or something like that, it's just a really good chance to, you know, make those connections before you then dive into actual kind of the world of work and, and whatever else yeah. you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100% of that yeah.
0: So, I mean, one thing I do want to ask you about, and you mentioned uh, China already, and I know you've had experience of living and working all over the world. Was that always the plan? Were you always looking for a sort of international career to have the chance to experience different cities or were you just kind of taking advantage of opportunities that came up?
1: I think that's a super good point. Um, I may have two answers. One is definitely like from my point of view, but second is from seeing my peers around. Um, on my end, I think because, uh, I was lucky to be born. I mean, I wasn't bored in China, but I was there yeah. when I was six months old. So like, um, I was grew, I, I, I grew up in, uh, this environment that made me understand like, okay, there's more than France. Yeah. And I think once you taste a little bit like this, it's like, I mean, I don't know what heroin tastes like, but it's just addictive. So you, you just want to visit more and more and more, yeah. um, But on the other side, I see that uh, some of the students who um, were, for instance, British, who were imperial, I can see that now that they finished, like, giving that imperial taste has given them the want to want to travel more. And I mean, not travel as in like holiday, but like go and experience like uh, professional experience in different countries. Because... Mm -hmm most of my cohort, at least, a lot of them are still in London, uh, but a lot of them are already elsewhere. And those that are in London. When I speak to them, they all express the sentiment like, okay, I've been two, three years in London. I think it's time to 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 go elsewhere. So, um, so Imperial definitely does give you that taste. And I think just like quick caveat, I think there was something really cool that Imperial did was the classes were really like like a lot of different countries uh, mm-hmm. and i thought that was really really cool like i love french people i mean i'm not particularly nationalistic but mm-hmm. like it's cool to see french people but I, w- I was happy to see like you know like you have italians Mexicans, uh people from the mm-hmm. republic i mean just like i'm not going to say all the countries in the world but there was like an immense amount of diversity and that kind of gives you that that taste for so like you know there's more there's more to here and mm. you know let, let's let, let's go experience this elsewhere
0: mm. if you don't to ask it how many languages do you speak uh
1: I, like i would really like to say four but unfortunately not that, mm. like so I, I like my mother tongue is french um because i grew up in china i speak mandarin uh english uh because of like uh English dominates the world uh, but like the last one is a uh, Spanish but in I, the truth is I'm not completely fluent so mm.
0: so yeah that, but I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm learning it I keep on trying to yeah. learn it so
0: languages are honestly a superpower and I don't know I'm speaking as a, a British person we, we're not great at learning other languages and we're not great for kind of traveling a lot of the time maybe I'm talking for me personally mm. and it'd be great to learn other languages
1: if if you think British people are not good, don't worry about this. Like, man, you should, you should listen to French people. They're just in general, big generalization, but we're so bad at English. And to be quite frank, they, they don't even want to learn a different language. So, 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 I wouldn't be too harsh on the British. I think if you if you need to be harsh on somebody, it's definitely the French.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, so, in terms of of living and in, in traveling different countries, so remind me, is it London, Paris, Madrid, and you're in London now? Is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So, what are the what would you say the challenges are? If so, I mean. The context is, you know, a student who wants to have an international career, maybe they want to move to another country and and get a job there and live there for a while. What sort of challenges do you face when you first get to that country? Um,
1: That's a good point. Uh, um, I I see three different uh, type of challenges. Uh, The first one is uh, the, I would say friendship. Friendship uh, definitely takes a hit. Um, You realize that your friends from school which i would consider like uh, to be normally like quite like deep friendships because mm. when you're at school you, you don't necessarily like become friends for i mean we were mentioning about network and how it's gonna um help you out in the future but i want to emphasize you should not make friends with that in, intent you should make friends first because you want to make friends you know like it maybe it turns out they're gonna do good um but anyway so when you are university or if you knew, People before then uh, wherever you live, um, you take for granted like those great relationships. And then when you move away, you will meet friends, but it's really gonna take long to get it like to a, a deeper level. I think there's like a like a, almost like a positive correlation between like the amount of years you have under mm-hmm. your so your age and like the difficulty to have like friends. I know my dad. He says that at his age, like it takes him like five years to become friends with somebody. Mm. Um, and I think in your early years, it takes it takes a bit of time to to really become friends. So that's the first one, um, the issue of, mm. of finding quality relationships. Um, I do think
0: that's a really important one. I don't. To be honest, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Is. Personally, I've kind of experienced something like that myself. I've fairly yeah. went to London from the northeast of England. It's difficult. And it's difficult as an adult to, to mm-hmm. go out and actively make friends. And fair enough when you're on a you're on a program and you're in a kind of melting pot where you're put in a position with lots of people who are doing the same thing. But when you yeah. go to your city and you start life again almost, it, it's really difficult. And that's actually it's a really important point. It's an important mental health point as well, because you've got to yeah. talk to people.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So on UN it was it, it was the same so because you, you originally were not from London, you're from the northeast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's yeah. Yeah. Do you have any tips as well? Because I like the truth is I I didn't like You are supposed to ask time? me
0: tips. I will give them though. Um mm-hmm. the thing I did, um and it's fairly recently, it's taken a bit of time, is to try and work out where I can connect with like minded people who I'm
2: yeah
0: involved with. So whether that's mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. It's difficult to give examples, but it does take time. Um, mm-hmm. but putting yourself in a position where you can connect with people, I think is really important because you can sit at home and you know it's it's easy to do that, and it's, that's never gonna progress you forward. But putting yourself out there is it's hard work, but it's worth doing in the long run.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, finding like communities uh, like this is what I did in Madrid, like um uh so yeah, um after I had uh, this experience at Uber, so I went to Madrid. And yeah, so the relationship side was definitely a bit difficult, and you know, like I enjoy poker, so mm. I was just trying to look for like poker communities, uh, mm. and
0: and and the like this you you can find exactly like, find things people. like yes, it's exactly things like that. Finding out thinking about what you like and finding communities that do those things. Exactly, yeah, absolutely. um
1: Now the second challenging thing that I experienced is um, I would say working culture. Um, so. I'll give a, a very easy example. <laughs> I thought going into Madrid, I was going to have a very chill work-life balance. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, Spaniards, you know, they, they, they're known to, to, to be quite uh, on, um, on, on the loose, not loose, but like more chill side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, <laughs> and it's not the case. Like, uh, I don't know who invented that, or maybe it's like for the south of Spain, for like small cities. But like, I can guarantee you like you know, Madrid, Barcelona, people work, they work hard, they care about their career. Um, and so there's definitely been, like adjustment to their working culture. So that was just an example on, mm. on just like maybe like, uh, like, yeah, for instance, in Spain, they, they work quite late. They wake up late, but they, they work quite late. So, so that that's just an example. Mm. But the the working culture style is very different. Um, same when, when I was in France, uh, Uber, like, um, the French tend to do things extremely differently. Um, so that can, I can almost guarantee that that for sure will be a challenge. If you're not from the country, it will be a challenge, uh, working culture. And I think the third one, um, I mean, it's arguable. Um, but I, I found that when you move abroad, um, you have the difficulty of finding friends. You have uh, your working culture um, um, problem, and I think for me it was also like um, a clash of like where do you see yourself, and it's it's difficult to to plan more on like or, or on the horizon. I don't know if that's the right expression, but um, I I feel like when I was in London, I had this idea like okay, so I'm in London. This is where I'm going to stay. Uh, so we're going to do that we're going to maybe buy this so like have a little apartment something like this you know and when you're away it's it's quite difficult to to try to start seeing this place as really your place mm. maybe uh, maybe i'm not. maybe it's just like my stage in life i mean our stage in life and it feels like okay everything is a test but mm. um, I, I feel like uh planning at least in my case was a bit difficult like planning for the mm. mid-term long-term future was difficult
0: No, that makes sense. If if you're kind of moving from one place to another, then how could you possibly plan for what you're going to be doing in two years? Because you don't know necessarily where you're going to be in two years. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. It's saying it out loud doesn't seem like such a big problem, but Mm. for me, for me at least, it it was. Especially, I don't know, like if you have a partner, I don't Mm. know, like it it was my case. Like my partner was from uh, from England. All this stuff. Uh, So if if the person listening to this right now, you have a partner, or you know, you have a romantic relationship with somebody it's Mm -hmm. it's like i can see a lot in my network um Mm -hmm. especially from people from imperial like everybody's on long distance relationships i Mm -hmm. i I think like the golden rule is like you're gonna have to be on a long distance relationship right Mm because now you take a flight for 30 pounds to wherever so like you can work from anywhere um -hmm. but 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 it's like reconciliating the two like where do you see yourself and with your you know romantic partners Mm -hmm. all the stuff and like your career Mm -hmm. um
0: that was a that, that was a challenge for sure mm. like thanks for share that i mean to be honest one of the purposes of doing this podcast to be honest is to get real insights yeah with exactly and that's it's 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 a really positive thing to share with people who are going to be in that position and don't know it yet if that yeah makes sense.
1: exactly absolutely i mean i was i didn't think of we were going to talk about this but now that now that we're speaking about this it just makes sense like Mm. your life is not just going to be about work you're going to have yeah the mm. friendship side you know relationship side all this stuff uh, i mean i guess we didn't even talk about family but like yeah family obviously you're going to
0: miss them and all this stuff so mm. um yeah okay well let's let's, let's pull it back <laughs> um, so so you you've obviously got you work in tech you've got a career in tech and you've worked for some big names like uber tiktok companies like that uh, what would you say to someone who's who sees those kind of companies and has plans to try and work for them in the future what's kind of your your advice for those kind of students
1: mhm okay so to clarify the question is like uh how
0: like how to apply uh how to successfully apply for them it can be yeah i mean yeah what's it like working for those companies i guess first what's it
1: like working for those companies okay? yeah
0: and and what would you say to people who want to work in that sort of sphere okay so what is it
1: like working for those companies
0: Okay so let
1: me think um okay i'm going to break this down in like like the quality of the work um the like i guess like especially big companies like your 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 feeling of impact or like being a, like a small screw in a machine i think that's something worth mentioning and um and I guess your progression. Mm. So the first one, uh, when you work for these big tech companies, your benefits are insane. People are uh, extremely well-rounded, smart, tolerant. So just the benefit already of being like in this environment is just really, really uh, cool. Um, also, like these tech giants tend to be quite wealthy. Uh, it's, I mean not now not now it's not been the, I, mean, I don't know when this video is going to be posted but 2023 has not been the tech year let's just say that um but still like um you get to travel the world you go you get to uh it's it's not just out of fun obviously but like it's like there's always business purposes but if you do enjoy traveling these big businesses uh big tech companies they they provide that for you um so that was like really cool and i think like like just again within the benefits thing like you really feel like valued like um not to mention that you're well paid all this stuff like your offices look nice you know you have a good comfortable chair like your environment is 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 honestly the highest it can be um so that's where it's like from like the, the the benefit side Mm. Um then the second point on like like the quality of the impact that you feel uh and like you know you're a screw in this big machine. Mm. I'm not going to like sugarcoat it. You are a small small screw in a gigantic like quadrillion dollar company. Like you you very likely won't see your impact. Uh or if you do y- you'll see I don't know you'll see numbers on a spreadsheet and it, like i don't know for me at least it, i don't know it 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 didn't make it didn't make like you, you don't feel really the, the impact i don't know like if you work in a startup and you go from like 15 to 30 employees you see the impact you're like okay we're growing yeah. uh but 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 when you work for uber tiktok whatever you you don't necessarily see it because you know say like in the strategy department at tiktok uh Mm. I, I don't, I'm not sure if I can mention how many people were working in strategy, mm. but we're a lot, we're a lot. So like everything, we all work together. Your reports mm. are made together. The numbers are made together, all this stuff. And so even if we have a good quota, it's like, is it because the strategy was really good or is it because the marketing team did an insane job or just because there's been like a more growth from the creative side and therefore like it brought more users. Mm. So that's, that I would classify as a challenge um and then uh the third point what was the third point
0: um progression i think you were talking about career
1: progression thank you so much progression it's slower than you might expect because i think this is like the flip side of being in like a a company that's now renowned to the world it's like Mm -hmm. it's now renowned to the world because it's no longer going from like a little dragon to like a teenage dragon, like, not now that thing is like a gigantic dragon, and mm-hmm. and, and and like it doesn't need
2: it
1: it, it, it already has all the systems in place, it has all their all the VPs and the managers, whatever. So, you mm-hmm. do need to expect that, um, you're not going to uh, um, become like a, a big time manager quite quickly, and it's more mm-hmm. on the long term game. <laughs> I have somebody, a friend of mine who works at Google. Uh, I mean, maybe dark humor, but he was like, honestly, oh, at this point, Google, like if you want to become a VP, you literally have to wait for them to, 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 to retire, to, to pass away <laughs> because like, just, it's impossible. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think there's like 200 like, VPs or something like this. Not, not mm-hmm. sure about those numbers, but that's what he told me. So, um, so, so yeah, uh, I, I think those will be the three points I would uh, mention. Mm-hmm. Actually, I will just now add like a fourth point just to like, uh, it's extremely rewarding like the uh the the work you do um the recognition you do i don't know if the people listening to this like yeah, uh, i assume everybody has a little bit of an ego and it's it's cool to tell you to your friends oh i work at uber and people are like oh yeah. that's that's pretty cool oh you, you work at TikTok. oh that's really cool mm-hmm. so you definitely get your recognition your mom your dad will be proud uh so that's cool um you definitely learn from brilliant people. That's uh, another thing that's really good. And whatever you want to do next, and I'll just close it up on this point, it's just like, you're building up like a really, really strong background. So, Mm. so super, sorry, that was super long winded, but it's just like there's so much to say. So it's difficult to.
0: No, that's really good. You did mention at the very start uh, about application tips. I don't want to go into that too much, but did you have any sort of tips for people applying?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I didn't forget about that. So, my goal uh, was to really, going back to networking again, was like um, going on LinkedIn, uh, messaging people around. And so I would think that, would, that that's the first step. So my quick tip here is, scan on LinkedIn people that went to university. So if you're Imperial student listening, it's Imperial. Uh, look for people that worked in that company, message them and say something along the line of like, hi, Peter. I'm Baptiste, and I'm a fellow Imperial student or alumni. I am looking to apply for X position, and I would love to hear about um, your experience as it will be very insightful. Thanks. Mm. That's it. And you send that to 30 people. You have a success rate of 10%. Three people are going to get back to you. You jump on a call. Mm. And essentially, your idea is to get a referral that's mm. step one and the referral you don't necessarily ask for it if you ask pertinent questions throughout the call you'll get like a referral on the spot they say like hey let me refer you mm. um or if going back to there being a bit more pushy if nothing happened then maybe yeah you can try and be a bit pushy like uh, after mm. the call just be like hey like do you think i could be referred you know you don't lose anything that's the first step um the second step This I think is applicable for anything, whether you want to apply for marketing, business strategy, data analysis is really like um, honing in, I don't know if that's the expression, but like just becoming really um, familiar with case studies. So Imperial does a great job at practicing consulting case studies because I found um, that most questions with a framework of like a consulting uh, mindset mm. makes your interview experience extremely good like whenever somebody asks a ask question you're like okay let me try and structure it into one two three buckets or let me clarify on this is that what you mean okay let me take a pause let me try to think about how to do through this okay i think we can tackle it in one two three um and so that would be my second step whatever you apply to try to practice consulting case studies this is extremely extremely valuable um so i think I, i'll just leave it at that to to, to keep it mm-hmm. quite broad um let me just think whether or not there was something that was uh oh and maybe like a third thing like negotiation a little tip on salary negotiation because nobody did it for me uh mm-hmm. uh at least like no um i did receive some negotiation tip but I found like this one at least is is the best was um, never ever give a number first. Like like, you you always wait for them to give you a budget range and then uh, you decide like, okay, well, thank you for giving me a budget range. And there's gonna be a little bit of a dance like, no, but please, like actually, what was your salary before? Or like, what are you expecting? And you should answer, no, well, thank you so much. Actually, I wanted to ask like, what was your budget? And you do this little dances. And usually, like, they're going to give you a range um, because, like, you might be surprised, like, just this two-minute different conversation can make a really big difference uh, at the end of the year on your salary.
0: That's really good. Thanks for that. That's good advice. Uh, let's turn our attention to what you're doing at the moment. Um, can, well, can you talk us through what you're doing right now? You're doing a lot of content creation and things like that, aren't you?
1: Yes. So, um, right now, so I decided to uh, essentially uh, quit my job at TikTok because I started doing videos on TikTok, sharing my journey. That's a big, big thing I would recommend to anybody listening. Just share your, share your journey, document it. Like if you're scared of putting your face out there, just show your hands, show your computer, write it out, use the robot voice, whatever. Like <laughs> I started, I wasn't showing my face, I was not talking. And now I'm like, for you talking? Like, it's, it's just like a fear factor, but document your journey. That's what I did at TikTok, on TikTok. Uh, so I was sharing my journey as an analytics person working on TikTok. And yeah, so did a few videos, actually more than a few. Like, I think at this point, I probably did like 150. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that to necessarily say like, oh, look at me, I did 150. No, it's more like... Um, if you do decide to do that, it's, mm. it's really important to know that it's, 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 it's about quantity. It's about like really putting yourself mm. out there, like testing, experimenting, testing, experimenting. And yeah, like it, 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 it caught some uh, traction. Um, I managed to make some money with brand deals and all this stuff. So I think up to date, like I have around 35,000 followers on TikTok and um, did some partnerships with uh, monday.com Uh, other brands like the the tech realm and yeah I think maybe the the point here in the story is like I I think anyone here now has the hardware to record to document their journey Mm. and it can be incredibly beneficial um, because essentially through this experience sure I've made a bit of money whatever but the point is like there are so many opportunities that come up um, arguably like we're having now this uh, conversation, partly mm. because that happened. Um, and I'm recently about to embark like, a, on a new journey mm. uh, to, to to work for 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 a pretty cool startup. And that was essentially like done because I did like content creation. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my main point. I think content creation can be tried for
0: anyone. Mm. I love that you said, put yourself out there. For starters, yeah. really good point. test and experiment and see what works, see what doesn't work. And what's the worst that can happen? Just give it a go. I mean, I want to ask you about, um, you know, building an audience. I've looked at your TikTok. Obviously, you've mentioned you've got 35,000 followers. Some of your videos have millions of plays. I mean, the question is, what would you say the value is of building an audience? But how do you do it? How do you build an audience?
1: Well, the cool trick is now, like, TikTok, Instagram Reels and all this stuff, like, they sort of do it for you. Like before, I, I, I mean, we remember, right? Like four years ago, mm-hmm. you would post something on Instagram, and I'm not even an Instagram guy. Like I uh, never post, but like your friends are gonna like it, and maybe it's gonna show it to like more one random person, and you would need to post 500 posts, and then maybe get some traction, do some hashtag, whatever. But like, but now it's like you could create an account today. If your video is good, the first one, it can reach like a 100,000 people. And mm-hmm. so it's just about like honing in uh, on like your storytelling. Uh, what, what, like, obviously, it needs to pass that test. It's like um, the test for anything on content is two questions. Is this bringing value? And is this entertaining?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If none of it happened, Like if, if it doesn't answer yes to at least one of these two questions, don't post it. Mm. Uh, At least that's one of the tests I do for myself. Like is is this bringing value? Is this entertainment Mm. uh, entertaining? If not. um, And then like, if, if, if you do that consistently over time with the algorithm, especially right now, because like strategically, like TikTok, Instagram, whatever, they're competing um, on trying to, Uh, raise some of the new creators so the algorithm is like a little bit more sided with like new content creators trying to give Mm -hmm. them exposure you will be able to like find like uh your audience Uh, so that's my first tip the second tip is at least on the tiktok side is doing some sort of like trend. So TikTok has these trends, right? Whether it's music, whether it's like vocal, whatever, um, you can use some of these trends to be your own advantage. Um, I don't know. Can I give an example? Uh.
0: Mm, I mean... I'll give you, I'll give you a story like, while you're saying this, because I've got to... Yeah, tell me. I'm not going to plug my own TikTok account. I don't want anybody to say it. I look terrible. It was just, <laughs> long hair, grizzly beard. It's not a good look. But one of my videos, uh, it's about kind of... I give like career advice, that sort of stuff. One of my videos had like 40,000 plays, which I was delighted.
2: Wow. At.
0: Okay, yeah. I did a trend recently. I didn't do videos for a while, so I think consistency was my problem. It was, I say so myself, really funny. And I yeah. knock it in four plays. Like Really? Four. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know the, do you know the Pedro Pascal with Nicholas Cage in the car kind of trend? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I used that and I genuinely enjoyed it and it got no plays. So yeah, I think consistency might've been my problem on that one.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, the thing is I've heard about this. Like if you think, I mean, show that video to like a couple of people and if all of them think like, Hey, that was good.
0: I got laughs um, in the office. I got a lot of laughs in the office.
1: <laughs> okay. Well then honestly, re reuse that video and like cut it like differently i've i've read like some creators like now they're doing this because let's be honest the algorithm is a black box so mm-hmm. consistency definitely helped like mm-hmm. if, if you throw 100 darts at some point it's going to stick but like if okay. you think that should stick and it's not and i'm this is advice for anybody anybody else well listening um try to reuse exactly what you did but like mm-hmm. cut a different moment or like I don't know, like make the video a little bit larger or smaller. I don't know. But like mm. I I have read case studies of like the same video. Uh first one gets two thousand views, second one twenty thousand, mm. third one five thousand, and then boom, five million.
2: Mm.
1: Uh just because like I don't know, it was cut like 50 seconds, like point five seconds before it's it's very weird. Yeah. It's a black box. <laughs> mm.
0: So again, test an experiment. See what yeah, yeah, test an
1: experiment, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, so yeah, talk us through. I mean, obviously, personal branding is really important when it comes to things like social media and content creation. Really simple question for you. First of all, what is personal branding?
1: Ooh, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm not the the, the the one that's allowed to give a definition. But if I, <laughs> if I were to try, um, I would just say like personal branding is anything that is is the appearance that you have. Uh, but from outside of you, like anybody looking at you, mm. this is your personal branding. So if somebody thinks of you as like, oh, that nice guy, even that is it's just already personal branding, mm. uh, when you write like a little post on LinkedIn and maybe you bragged a bit too much about an achievement, well, that's, that's a little bit of your personal branding as well. Mm. And, um, go, going on that, like, I think you can do like a lot of like easy steps with personal branding. So. Maybe, and I mean, this is what I did, like, it's exactly why I said, like, I was very really scared of making videos at first. Um, mm-hmm. I think people can start making personal branding just by like making a website, like writing articles or like writing LinkedIn posts or uh, like, I think this is like the journey of it. This, mm-hmm. I would say, is like considered like the personal branding outside of work. Mm-hmm. Then there's your personal branding inside of work. And this, I'm going to be completely transparent. Like, I I don't think I'm equipped to give any sort of advice because I feel like um, people that are really good at branding themselves within their firm mm. uh, need to have some sort of like also like ability like a, from a politics side. Um, mm. Actually, a quick caveat on this for all the youngsters out there who will go into these big big tech companies. Um, I mean, it's not i'm not revealing any secret. in any big corporation there's a lot of politics uh mm-hmm. just because again like uh, the example like there are 200 vps at google and yeah. they're not gonna die any day like you, you, like uh, it's 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 extremely complex to to to, to 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 get from level one to level 10. Mm-hmm. and so therefore like the personal branding on the work side um is it's really tied to like how you play the game of politics and it doesn't need to be like a backstabbing thing but um, hmm. I, I've, I've experienced from a, like student, you know, you don't know much about it. Like it's definitely something that I would advise you to really work on, hmm. um, you know, triple thing or quadruple. Like, I mean, I know the, one of my managers, I'm not going to name it, but he played this game extremely well. Hmm. And he told me that I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he said like, for instance, one thing that, that, that really helped him is like me thinks seven times like mm-hmm. about what he's going to say and how it's going to appear. And, and I'm going to give like even easy example, like where I damaged my personal branding at work. Mm-hmm. Um, one day there was an article about one of these firms I worked from mm-hmm. that was negative. And um, I thought like, okay, I'm the first one to see this from whatever BBC, the guardian, whatever it was. Um, let me share it. And I just share it like with like, like the global org like quite a lot of people like quite senior people inside that group um and he told me that was a misstep like you don't yeah. want to be the guy who is known to finally send something in like a big group mm. and it's something negative you will be associated with like this negativity uh mm. even if you come from like a good part of it mm. um anyway so like, yeah personal branding at work it's it's extremely interesting Um definitely not equipped for it but personal branding on the mm-hmm. other side just write mm-hmm. your blogs write write some stuff out and and mm-hmm. uh, and any it can only good things can come out of it uh, that's that's the bottom line in
0: yeah, my I, experience. yeah from a lot of the stuff you said already about kind of content as well like part of that message is to be visible and that like when it comes to personal branding be visible is like the first step but be visible for the right reasons too
1: yeah absolutely You're you're completely right
0: Okay, so, so when we've talked about your kind of history, we've talked about what you're doing at the moment, what are your plans for the future, if you don't mind me asking about that?
1: Sure. Um, so I am going to start a new um, full-time job. Um, I'm not yet able to say exactly with who I'm mm-hmm. going to work, um, but I'm going to work in developer relation as there. um their, uh, uh essentially they have a team which i'm going to build out which is going to mm-hmm. be really cool for those of you that don't know what developer relations mean i didn't know what it meant a month ago so <laughs> no worries um but essentially like the the way my girlfriend explained it to me which i thought was like a very way, quick way to make it understand it's like a mix of software engineering and being an influencer mm-hmm. um now the more technical thing is like developer relations uh, or developer advocates or developer evangelists different names. They are um, technical people, usually mm-hmm. people that did like uh, a lot of software engineering or computer science background, or they know how to code. And they try to market a product for software engineers. Mm-hmm. And therefore they are like the, the marketing component for a technical audience. And so what they do is they, Uh, try to build a community try to explain Mm. how how to use that so you make videos on tiktok you make i think this is why i was hired by that Mm. company is they were they were really interested in like okay like you build technical content on tiktok we didn't know that was even a thing uh maybe we can leverage that and again this goes back to the point of like the moment you put yourself out there and whatever you put out is either valuable entertaining or actually the best is a combination of both i heard it's called like like value, value attainment or value, whatever. Um good things will come out of it. Because for instance, this in this case, like this firm approached me and they said, like, okay, like uh that that that's interesting. We, we 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 want your help on this.
0: Sounds like a perfect fit. I know we can't go into any details about it, but it does sound like a combination of everything you've done up to date. So yeah, we'll look forward to to look keeping an eye out and watching where you go from there.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's see, let's see. Absolutely. I'm mm. I'm, I'm excited as well. A-
0: last question for me uh, i always ask this on the podcast uh, what advice would you have in general for current students so sitting in the classroom now um, thinking about their future what advice would you give them
1: the first one that came to my head is uh i mean maybe i'm gonna <laughs> maybe imperial is not gonna be extremely happy i'm saying this but your final mark your final grade does not matter as much as you think it does um So, like, l- l- let me l- let me re say this like, whether you are um getting a 2 1 or a high 2 1 or a first or like a really good first, like, you know, you, you make Dean's list. um I guess in masters, is different, right? It's like a merit, uh, all this stuff. um Your employer, which is, I, I guess, the ultimate goal, is not necessarily interested about that I know there are firms where it is important so I believe like McKinsey uh, you do need a distinction from your master's if I'm if I'm uh, but like why am I saying this or like why is that my advice because I feel like university is the great time for you to experiment and 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 do things outside of just the academic life like you have time believe it or not I thought I didn't have time, but you you, you clearly do. Uh, once you go into working professional life, you'll know what it means to not have time. Uh, but when you're in university, you, you you can build a startup. You, In fact, you should, even if it's going to fail, you should start creating content. You should just put yourself out there. And if it means you're going to get 75 instead of 77, uh, or 60, I don't know, 64 instead of, I don't know, it, 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 I would say that's the right bet to do. Like, take a, a bit of time to, to, to reinvest on your personal things because just like from what I saw, the the return on investment is really big and really positive.
0: Thanks for that. I really appreciate it. I'm, I won't comment on it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the purpose of this podcast is to get the real advice from people who've been there and done it. So, you know, regardless, it's, it's yeah. really positive advice, I think, and I uh, appreciate it. But... Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you so much. I'm super honoured. So thank you so much.
0: Massive thank you to BAP for joining me. And I don't know if you could tell, but I really enjoyed that one. Batiste is a really interesting guy and his story has so many parts to it. I honestly could have spoken to him all day if I had the chance. He's worked for some of those companies that a lot of people dream about, from some time with Bain to roles with Uber and TikTok. He's obviously doing something right, so I hope anyone out there who's interested in a career in tech was listening. One line that stood out to me was, don't compare yourself to others, only to who you were in the past, and what a piece of advice that is, and if you can do it, I think it's an attitude that can take you far. I'm grateful to him for sharing his experience of moving to new cities and countries too. It's hard to share the difficult things, and simple things we can take for granted, like friends and relationships, aren't always straightforward when you first arrive somewhere new. They take a lot of work, and that's before we even talk about a new job and a new culture to figure out. It was fascinating to get his insights into content creation too, and I hope you're taking notes. He's someone who's worked for the tech giants, had the courage to leave that behind and become a content creator himself, and now it sounds like he's found a way to combine the two, so I wish him the best of luck for that in the future. Let's end on something Batiste said that I think sums things up really well, and that is, put yourself out there. We will talk about his thoughts on grades. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hit subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. I've been Chris Roberts, and I'll see you next time.